This is the Best of the Adam Gold Show podcast, brought to you by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. Will Brinson, senior NFL writer, CBSSports.com, Pick 6 podcast moderator. He joins us, as he always does, on Mondays. Uh, because I haven't spent a lot of time on it. Let's talk about, first, the uh, the Panthers finally elimination loss at Tampa. At least they ran the ball. I think we we've, we tried to find some signs of progress. They ran the ball effectively. Can I hang my hat on that? <laughs> sure, if you, if you want. Um <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, Tampa, dude, look, Tampa is one of the, I mean, and I, I think they're a little bit healthier this past week, but I mean, Tampa's one of the worst pass defenses in football right now because of just the injuries that they've, they've sustained. Um, and, you know, if you're going to have a game where Bryce Young could sling it around. Yeah, but they can't protect him. Happen, they proved that they can't they, protect him, so. Right, right. Yeah, they yeah, they do a, they do a worse job of protecting Bryce Young than Boo Corrigan does of protecting the ACC. Am I right? <laughs> uh, it was not their best look. It was not uh, it, was, it was not the Atlantic Coast Conference best look. Only, 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 only NCC can find a way to get blamed. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Hey, real real quick about the Wolfpack. Uh, by the committee's by the committee's uh, you know uh, logic. If we had the twelve team playoff this year, states in it, no? Uh, is that, oh yeah, like the hottest deal. Yeah. I mean, oh my gosh, yeah, five in a row the way I mean, they played. I, yeah, they're in. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't. I mean, I think that um, if you were if you were ranking like you know taking like current like current form and including that and like health of your roster, like state would probably be the number one team in the ACC right now. No, oh, yeah, they I mean, definitely ahead of Florida State. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, look, 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 not to, I mean, not to, I'm sorry, I, I, I knew there was no way I could not derail you there. Um, but the, uh, but seriously, good job there. Um, but the, uh, the, the, the Panthers are, and they're just not very good. And I, I think it's gonna, I don't, I don't know. I think it's, I don't, I, I, thought, I think it was like, it, it, it's, it's just, you see it from every corner now, right? Like I know Peter King wrote about it today. Uh, you know, he hadn't written about it. Uh, he, he already written, you know, he does his weekly column for NBC, yeah. what more you're in for whatever. And then he broke it down. I mean, and I, and I wrote about last week. I've seen it, the athletics wrote about it. Everybody's written about it. I mean, it's, it's pretty clear that it's, you know, that, that it's widely acknowledged as a David Tepper problem. Uh, I've been saying this, you know, we've been talking about this for months. Yes. And, you know, it's like each individual win is not David Tepper's fault, or each individual loss, excuse me, is not David Tepper's fault. <laughs> but collectively, when you, sort of build out whatever you build out and you don't have the patience to, to see things through. And you, know, you start to look at the list of coaches, I'm not saying Frank Reich is Jimmy Johnson or, um, you know, any of these you know, Hall of Fame coaches, but there's plenty of coaches who have really poor records early on in their careers with a new team, with a young quarterback. And it takes time to turn things around. Now, like, I, I just think the problem is if you're, if you're hoping for a quick fix in the NFL, it's going to take more than like the, the quick fixes in the NFL that happen because of ma- like massive, like aggressive coaching moves are typically uh, more a- along the lines of like when Jim Harbaugh took over the 49ers, that roster for San Francisco was in a really good spot. And, mm-hmm. uh, and you know, just to say Peter King's column one more time, I, I thought I, I, this is something I had missed previously, but when Carolina under Steve Wilkes last year, they had a, they were running the ball sixty one percent of the time, yep. 
And then they go out and it's like, well, and you, know, you, you have this hot stretch. And, the, and this is why interim coaches are dangerous, man. And, I mean, just like you can you can just get hot under an interim coach because everybody's sort of like, all right, like the season's lost. Like, let's just play a little loose, play a little free. Don't want to get fired. And, you know, everybody they evaluate everybody's job. Want to, want, to, want to make sure I don't get fired, you know. And so you have these, you know, you just have everybody going out there and playing a different, a different type of football. Well, because of that, because of that stretch under Steve Wilkes, that basically allowed Carolina to convince itself, David Tepper or whoever else is at the top, that they that they were a quarterback away from being a good team. And I think a lot of us fell for it to a degree too. Mm-mm. Where it's like, all right, you got Bryce Young. <laughs> I'm, my my hand is up as somebody who did not fall for it. Okay, I, mean, I would. I, I don't. I, well, I, let me put it this way: the Atlanta Falcons are leading this division at six and six right now. Tampa Bay, the team that Carolina just, you know, I mean, could have beat. I, I mean, yeah, absolutely. Just, just don't give up that one play. Don't give up that play to Mike Evans. <laughs> right. Don't don't, don't, don't give up that. But even even so, it's twenty one eighteen late in the game. You have third and one, and and for some reason, when running the ball is working on third and one, the yeah. the priority has to be getting a new set of downs. Yes. It it. There's no other priority there than getting a new set of downs. And getting get, get to where you have, you, you want to get to a spot where you have four plays to continue your trajectory right. towards the end zone to try to get a field to try to get a touchdown to win or a field goal to tie. And yeah, I mean they 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 failed in that aspect. I just think it's, um, I think the other thing too is like when you you throw their quarterback away and you're it's like all right, well you've been pounding the ball like Dante Foreman and Cuba Hubbard and you're and you're you're in this bad division so you think it's all like the Carolina Panthers could be in the mix for this division. Like, yeah, not, I mean they lost a couple close games. I'm not saying that they're a, they're not a good football team at all. No, they should have beaten but, Atlanta to start the season. But like, a, yeah, exactly. A lot of NFL teams stumble their way to five or six wins. And if Carolina was like had three wins right now, you'd be like, "Well, they stink, but they're they're in the race." You know? Do, I mean, do like, we need any more proof than the Jets have won four times? Right, and you had the Bears game; they could have won. You had the Colts. They should. I mean, yeah. I'm sorry, the Colts. Colts are seven to five, but you could have beaten the Colts at home in the Frank Reich revenge game. Could have beaten the Falcons. Could have beaten the. I mean, the, the ball bounce is funny, and I don't think it's. It's not bouncing Carolina's way, but they haven't done the things they need to do to set themselves up to get the bounces. No, look, th- there's a lot of things that are wrong about the Carolina Panthers. Obviously, everything flows down from the top. David Tepper has proven to be a uh, an impetuous, uh, 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 delusional owner who thinks his team is significantly for- further along than it really is. Uh, I do not have an emotional fight here because I am not a Panthers fan. And sometimes it takes eyes from outside of that to say, you know what, and maybe I'm and maybe I'm leaning too far the other way. I think this I think the roster offensively is the worst in the in the National Football League. The Jets at least have a couple of playmakers and I think some better offensive line pieces who might not be healthy right now uh than the the Panthers do when they're fully healthy. I'll take Garrett Wilson. I'll take Brees Hall. I'll take Vera Tucker. Um, I, I I think there are a few pieces on the Jets who are significantly better than anything the Panthers can put out there when they're completely healthy. Um, but the Jets are horrific offensively, and they're poorly coached, I think. And I think those two things are true about the, the Carolina Panthers. They are... Yeah. Horrific in terms of personnel and also poorly coached. And the owner 
thinks that we can keep changing these things, rearranging the deck chairs, uh, and somehow the ship's not going down, but the ship is going down again. And it, it's all because they have not ever said, you know what, we're pretty far away, and we have to well, somehow fix that, and they're not fixing it. And, and, one, and one of those problems, too, you know, you talk about the 60-40 run pass split from last year, like the end of last year in the final, and Steve Wilkes was dressed as interim coach. Well, you know what that made that offensive line look like? A good run-blocking unit, yeah. like a unit that you could build behind, a unit you could put a young quarterback behind and be fine. The problem is when you when you drift back to quote unquote normal splits for the like NFL teams run, you know, on I think the average is like forty percent. It's a sixty forty pass run split. So yeah. any quote unquote normal NFL offense is going to pass more than half the time. And when you take an offense that an offensive line that is very questionable in pass protection, but able to blo- run block against, you know, bad run defenses, and you're able to sort of just, like, you're like, look, this team stinks. We don't have any quarterback play. We're just going to try to get downhill and run on teams and play great defense. Um, you know, that it's not a formula that is guaranteed success because there's there's much more variation and year-to-year variance and all that. But um, when, you, when you change that split, and you're now asking these offensive linemen to pass protect 20-plus percent more of the time, especially if you're losing all the time, so you're having to throw more, you know, we saw it from Jump Street against the Jets in that first preseason game, where it's like this is not a unit. I think it's uh, Icky Corner's given up the fourth most pressures of any offensive mm-hmm. in football. Bradley Bozeman's like great does the worst center according to PFF. I mean, it's, there's a lot of giant concerns along that offensive line relative to being able to pass protect. And the truth is, is that the the best way. Adam Golden Studio with my man, Coach Pete DeRuta, Capital Financial Advisory Group. You have a 401k, but you're changing jobs. You're taking that 401k with you. Next step. Well, a lot of people leave it behind, which is not a good thing. I mean, if you're not at the company anymore, your 401k shouldn't either. And that's when it's time for my 401k survival Oh, oh look box at that. Set. You see it right here. I've got workbooks, <laughs> guidebooks, DVDs in here that explain everything about your 401k. More importantly, how to build a lifetime income. It's a $300 value. I'm also going to give you a total retirement plan, which is a $1,000 value for the next 18 of you who call right now. No cost or obligation. Call. 888-843-0013 or text Adam to 600-700. Adam Gold is a paid spokesman. Investment advisory services offered by Capital Financial Advisory Group, a North Carolina registered investment advisor. The best way to protect a young quarterback is to give him a great running game. And yeah. they never they never leave, you know, with, with a franchise whose motto is keep pounding, I didn't think that meant to the defense against your rookie quarterback. But I mean, apparently that's the way they looked at keep pounding. Keep pounding Bryce Young into the ground. The investment that we traded uh, up eight spots to get to number one for, uh, it, it has been so poorly constructed that this yeah. was very predictable, and David Tepper is the reason for it. I will not, in, in no way will I ever believe that it wasn't Tepper's urging that had them go from no. nine to one. David, they hired a general manager. I've said this repeatedly, and like I don't. I mean, Scott Fitterer is widely renowned as a trader. He loves to trade, but he comes from the John Schneider school of general managing or front office management, whatever you want to call it, and personnel, right? And they, they, that's a trade down philosophy. Yep. Like you don't become trader Scott or whatever the hell his name is. Uh, what is he's got some nickname involving trades? You can't become like a super like a super aggressive trade guy by trading up all the time because you just run out of draft picks. Like in order to be a tra- someone who's known as someone who loves to trade, you trade down, and you can see that across the board um, with his approach to the NFL draft, with two major exceptions. One last year when he went up, or two years ago, I guess when he went up and traded 
uh, a future third round pick, like a top 100 pick, which right. at the time Carolina Panthers fans screamed at me for questioning to go get Matt Corral because there was a quarterback run of like these questionable mid tier quarterbacks in, in that draft class. He panicked. He went and traded for, for Matt mm-hmm. Corral. And it was very clear that David Tepper was like, we need a young quarterback. Go get one. Go get me one. When Sam Howell was sitting there for the taking in the fifth round. Right. Um, and then this past year, when he traded up, you know, he traded a ton of assets to the Bears, like way, 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 way early. Like you, you they hadn't even done the evaluations of the quarterbacks, and Correct. he made that move. Yep. If anything, yep. the move would have been you discuss the trade with the Bears, you let the Texans pay whatever they want to pay to go. Because if you believe, you're like, oh, well, there are three quarterbacks we like, so it doesn't really matter. It's like then that, that's fine, but you need to let the let the Texans trade up one spot. And then go to, because David Temper talked about that in his press conference. He's like, we're going to go to two. And, you know, we just, you know, we get straight. I was like, how are you going to two exactly? <laughs> <laughs> the Texans were at two. Right, Which yeah. Means that, like, <laughs> at some point, they knew that the Texans were considering going. The, clearly, like, I haven't even thought about it until right now, actually, but clearly that indicates that they've been told the Texans were trying to get to one with the Bears, and then the Bears would be willing to trade with the Panthers to let them come to two. Yeah. Right? I need to go back and parse that exact language of what he said, but I think that makes sense. And they didn't want to wait, so they paid the price that the Bears wanted for the number one overall pick to leapfrog the Texans. That's David Tepper being unable to say, to, to exercise any amount of patience. And you give up DJ Moore, who would have been a huge help to Bryce Young. You give up yeah. um, you know, future second-round picks, which would have been possible offensive linemen. And, you know, you give up uh, you know, probably the number one overall pick this year, which is, yeah. Oh no, it's 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 going to be it's going to be the number one overall pick this year. Uh, Will Brinson is joining us here. Let me just ask you about uh, two more games uh, before we uh, before we have to say goodbye. Um, I thought it was interesting that San Francisco went into Philadelphia as the favorite, in spite of the fact that there was a two game gap in the uh, in the records, and Philadelphia has managed to win tons of games against really good teams, including a win in Kansas City. So um, Philadelphia would have been justified to wear the disrespect banner, except, and I put, because we do top five, bottom five every week. I have been saying this for the almost the entire season. San Francisco is the best team in the sport. And when, yeah. when Trent Williams is at left tackle and Debo Samuel is on the field and they're healthy, I don't think there's anybody close to them. That doesn't mean they're going to win a Super Bowl. They can you can lose to anybody if you don't play well. But that was that's the best team. And boy, did they smack Philadelphia. Yeah, I remember Debo Samuel went on uh, my buddy Adam Shine's uh, XM radio show before the Super Bowl and said, or before, or maybe it was but after the NFC Championship game, it was like we would have won by thirty points if we'd had the quarterback. Right. Um, and I think I think he took that to heart the way that he was playing, the way that he was running into the end zone. <laughs> He makes a difference. Trent Williams is a massive difference maker. Yeah, Lane, look, Lane, I, Lane Johnson wouldn't play it, right? Lane Johnson was, I mean, Fletcher Cox was out there. He was hurt. Lane Johnson, Fletcher Cox banged up regardless, yeah. whatever it is. Those two guys are, injuries matter in the NFL, and it's not always, I think in, in 2023, it's so easy to get caught up in skill position injuries because of, you know, fantasy football and mm-hmm. just, you know, the, just the way that, you know, just the nature of the beast, the red zone, you, know, you see touchdowns being scored. But, like, Trent Williams, is maybe the most important non-quarterback in the NFL. Yep. You know, like that's how that's how he's, he's more important than some quarterbacks. Um, that's how valuable he is. He, you know, he is an unbelievable run blocker. He is able to get the second level in Kyle Shanahan's scheme. Um, you know, he's physical and he's an incredible passer. He's just the best offensive lineman in football. Yep. And 
you know, there's a reason why they, you know, they, the Shanahan's brought him into Washington and then made sure to get him in San Francisco, regardless of the cost. Uh, you know, he, he makes a huge difference. And I, I agree with you. When that, team, when that team is healthy, they're the best team in football. And I think the schedule kind of bears out where you know, if the Lions stay hot, they could steal it too. But it's, it's, you know, there's a, a four-horse race for the number one seed, the NFC. Dallas is kind of right there now with the Eagles too, a little bit. Um, and, and I think San Francisco would be my pick if I was if I was selecting a team to grab that one spot. And but you get the one spot, you get the one spot in either conference, and it's a massive, massive difference in terms of your chances of winning the Super Bowl. The analytics bear it out. Like I think the Chiefs' loss yesterday dropped them from forty-seven percent down to fifteen percent to. Yep. Uh, make the, to, yep. to get the number one seed, and I don't know if this is a game you want to talk about, but the then that dropped their Super Bowl odds from like 17% down to 9% according to our sports line projection models. Yep. That because, is the other game I wanted to get to. So let me just, oh, add, let, me, let me just ask you this. Um, segue by me. Let, no, it's perfect. You knew exactly where I was going. Uh, shouts and congratulations to Green Bay for resurrecting their season while nobody was watching. Uh, they are right now in the mix for the final uh, one of the final two wild card they're, spots. They're currently, the, the, uh, yeah, but you know, we have four teams at six and six yeah. fighting for two spots in the AFC. There are four teams at seven and five fighting for three spots. Kansas City is eight and four, and I think it's fair to be worried if they really can beat good teams without good receivers. Now, I don't even know that I think Green Bay is a good team, and it was clear that Kansas City. Without good receivers, they have great, uh, maybe the best tight end in the sport this year and one of the best ever in Travis Kelsey. But all they have, it seems, are are, are tight end targets for Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. They have nothing on the outside that scares anybody. Yeah, and I mean, Kelsey's, Kelsey's the best, probably the greatest tight end of all time, greatest receiving tight end of all time. Um, you know, Gronk with like a word, too, I think, right. in terms Absolutely. of blocking and red zone production. But I mean, Kelsey. Just a, just a beast in modern tight ends, and I, I think he's he's definitely been up and down this year. You know, he's had some drops, he's had some questionable games. Uh, you thought with Taylor Swift in attendance, it would be you know a, a big blow up Kelsey spot. Green Bay played great football, and Jordan Love is, is play, like it's crazy. He and if you anybody watched him in college, I think it makes a little bit of sense because he was. You know, he was, uh, and I talked with Ryan Wilson, our pal Ryan Wilson, about this in the podcast last night. But in college at Utah State, Jordan Love was inconsistent on a play-to-play basis, and a week. You know, he's very streaky. Yeah, that's how he runs, and you're seeing that right now. He was very good out of out of the gates for the for the Packers, and then just had a really questionable stretch where you know Packers are losing a ton of games. The offense looks awful. Being asked if Jordan Love, if, they, if they'll know by the end of the year if Jordan Love is the guy, like. The GM is being asked that, and then you get this stretch of three games where he's just been awesome, and he can—he's just got—he's got crazy upside with his legs, with his arm. Um, you can see why, you know, if you're a Packers, you know, if you're the Packers, you believe you might have found your third straight franchise quarterback. Uh, to me, this game was more about the Packers, and you know, I'll keep, I'm going to keep hitting this point home about the Chiefs uh, over the next few weeks as we get to the playoffs. They're, they're unlikely to get the one seed. Miami, they beat Miami and they've beaten Jacksonville, so they do have some tiebreakers there. But both those teams have easier schedules. Uh, the the difference there with the Chiefs to me is, in the past we've said, okay, if Kansas City can get to the postseason and the defense can get hot, they're a real problem for anybody. Well, mm-hmm. what if I mean, what what if the defense keeps playing as well as it has all year and they just need the offense to get hot? But like, that's kind of a scary thought. 
And I know you would obviously much, much, much rather prefer the AFC to come through Arrowhead Stadium to have the bye week. You get the extra week of prep. I mean, everybody, of course, everyone wants to be the one seed. If they get it, they're, they're, everyone's in trouble. If they don't, I still think you have to worry about the fact that, like, what if Patrick Mahomes just gets scorching hot for a couple of weeks? Like, that, that, that's all it takes. And so I, I would be very, very hesitant to count out Kansas City yet. I know that the receivers haven't been good. Guy Moore looks like that may be a failed experiment. Rasheed Rice has actually played really well lately. Uh, didn't have a huge role uh, on 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 Sunday night. Marcus Valdez Scantling is yeah, no he's, good. He he's Maul. no good. He got Maul. He got Maul in that play, but there was also holding by the Chiefs. The, the referees were yeah. terrible down the stretch. Referees were bad down worried. the stretch, but uh, Kansas City with the best quarterback in the league. Uh, looks yeah. awful offensively and have have looked awful offensively yeah. for like the last month and a half, and I don't think that's fixable. So they're going to have to ride defense, and hopefully uh, Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes will just tear it up. But uh, I think it's, I mean, it's, it's, not, it's not a non-viable formula. I mean. No, it's not non-viable, but it's a house of cards. It's going to come down uh, at some yeah. point. Uh, Will Brinson, the my one, friend. The one, the, one, the one thing I would say about that, though, sure. you know, like, did the Chiefs lose the Tyreek Hill trade? It's like, yeah, Tyreek Hill's awesome. He's killing it. They also won the Super Bowl. They won the Everybody Super Bowl the year now. after the trade. So they, yeah, yeah, they yeah. I know, I know. People, yeah, they, they people are this, not yeah. that. I just, people are just like, well, pretty nice the Chiefs are Tyreek Hill. But like, yeah. they're the defending Super Bowl champions. Yeah. All right. <laughs> All right. You're the man. I appreciate your time, Will. All right, buddy. Talk See to you later. Man. Will Brinson, senior NFL writer, CBSSports.com.